Welcome to One-on-One with Ilion, a podcast featuring the activists, celebrities, and politicians who have made it their mission to make the world a better place. If you are looking for some do-good inspiration, stay right there. And now, here is your host, Ilion Ramos. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about doing good. As Mother Teresa used to say, doing good is doing small things with great love. Now, that's what this show is all about. But I think that there's a general misconception that in order to do good, you have to become Mother Teresa. But sometimes when we see the state of the world, it may feel overwhelming to think of ways in which we can make a difference. Or we may think that we need to have money or that we need to be in a position of power or to know people to really make an impact. But what I have found both in my experience and that of people that I meet every day is that that couldn't be farther from the truth. Today, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Brandon Smith, and he is a multi-happiness. So I'm going to let him introduce himself Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Oh, thank you, Elaine, for the beautiful welcome. I am a multi-hyphenate actor, singer, producer, filmmaker. I think it just keeps getting bigger the more things I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) You're also a little baby. (laughs) We're not going to say how old you are, but you're so young. It looks to me like you could be out there partying, you know, going out with your friends. But instead, you have chosen to use your talent to documenting social issues. So what made you want to do this? Mm. My experience as an artist, I started out in education, went to school for opera, and I think it really woke me up when I realized I was the only black tenor in my class and singing opera, where it's like these old classical songs that haven't been reinvented. And so I always felt a little out of place because I stuck out like a sore thumb. And then that transferred over to the stage and theater. And I just realized this constant theme of not seeing myself or the stories or my experiences that I felt. It made me feel ashamed at once. And then it also angered me. And so between the anger and the shame and then the love kind of sparked my own idea of like doing my own thing, figuring out what I want to do and finding other people that are on the same interest. And so it's been a journey. Yeah, I can imagine it can feel overwhelming, but like, excuse me while I gawk a little bit here, Oprah. And also on top of that, you're also an actor Mm -hmm. and you're a filmmaker. Now, the reason we started talking to begin with was because you were telling me about your latest film project. And I want to hear all about that because this guy embodies the essence of what it is that we're trying to do in this show. Just listen to him. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, the project is called St. Louis Untold. And it's a feature documentary that really dives deep into St. Louis and the history of St. Louis was continuing to affect Black Americans in St. Louis, specifically racism, white supremacy, prejudice, and just like the history of these themes. And no one's, we haven't done anything about it. And what do you think is the main cause for the situation there? I mean, we know, but for people who are not 
from St. Louis and who may not be following the news. What is it that you saw that prompted you? So I went back home maybe six months ago to St. Louis and I just saw that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the buildings being dilapidated, broken and not, you know, ivy running through old buildings? No, these are worth million dollars properties. But that has still been happening for 30 plus 50 years because of the racism, because of the lack of care and people just forgetting about those marginalized communities that are affected by that. Mm hmm. And let's back up a little bit, because beyond the dilapidation and beyond the socioeconomic situation of the city, there's also other factors that are happening. What are some of the other things that you witness? I'm talking about, obviously, police brutality, the violence in the streets, and basically how people are reacting the only way that they can. Yeah, I think people are familiar with Mike Brown. And Mike Brown was obviously murdered by the cops and his body was left there for multiple hours while a whole crowd just sat there. And so I feel like that really woke up a lot of people, but also exposed what was truly happening on just on a micro level in St. Louis specifically. And I really just like felt obviously the injustice from that, but also like there are other Mike Browns in St. Louis that don't get that story. So yeah, we have police brutality, but also we have education. Schools are not being funded. And our governor in Missouri basically doesn't believe in public school education and wants to privatize education. So they did a thing where if you don't live in a certain district that's rich, you don't get that money because it's all from your taxes. And so if you live in a black Brown community, most likely in St. Louis, it's broken. And so that means no funding. You have all of these things, no funding. And then the food scarcity on top of that, it's just like, it's just stenches of a slap in the face and racism. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the parallels you have seen between what is going on there and what you see in other communities around the country? Wow. Yeah. Especially being in New York, I didn't learn that as a black man that there's so many other nuances of blackness. So moving to Brooklyn, I found that there's Jamaican, there's Haitian, there's Trinidadian, there's other West Indian cultures, Dominican. And we have all of these similarities through our blackness of how we were affected by racism, how our schools are not funded, how we're being told that we're not good and that it made me think that these are things that are happening all over the 50 states. And I really, truly think it's that way. It's just history. You can look at the history from the 1900s. There are multiple massacres besides the massacre in Tulsa that we're just now finding about. But there were massacres in Missouri. There were massacres in Chicago. There were massacres in Oklahoma. There were massacres all over. So it just stenches of the same thing. And we haven't done anything about that. And those two things, white supremacy and racism. And I'm still unfolding what white supremacy actually looks like. And it's adjacent to racism. And this country hasn't done anything about it. The KKK is still not named as a terrorist organization. That's weird. And for me, like, Beyond weird. <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it's all these things that are just, it's just a substance for me. And it just stenches of the same smell. And I'm like, I got tired of it. 
Right. And so how does that affect you? Let's be real. We're both persons of color. Mm-hmm. How does that affect you? Yeah. Next, you know, we're famously oblivious or like uninterested. At least this is what the perception is of Gen Xers. I don't think so, but that's what everybody says. But you as a, as a younger person, how has the whole situation, what you're seeing in the world, how has that shaped you in the things that you believe? It's definitely been a journey, an emotional journey. I experienced spouts of sadness, depression, anxiety, And the ripple effects and something I'm exploring in my work right now is how racism is a public health crisis because it's affected me since at an earlier age. I remember at a young age being like, oh, I can't cross the street here or this neighborhood wasn't for me. And that's six years old, that there was a problem with me. And I've always ran with that that notion there was something wrong with me. And so my years here, I've just been kind of like, reconstructing, deconstructing anti-blackness within myself and within my community. And I love your generation. I love y'all. And I see how much flack y'all get. But at the same time, I love y'all because y'all are (laughs) still here. It's the resilience. It's like living through, we get the message of like, oh, well, we had a fight here for civil rights. And you're right. You're damn right. Excuse my language. But like, you're right. However, that trauma and that pain, y'all never did anything about it. And I think you didn't have the vocabulary that we have in in our generation, that we can go to therapy, that we can be allowed to go to therapy without the shame, or we can break down like the vocabulary of like micro macroaggressions. Did you grow up with that? No, No. I had no idea. Boundaries. Today it's years old. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like we didn't grow up with all of that concept. We were busy to tough it out and do what you need to do to Mm -hmm. survive, right? That's where I come from. But I see and admire in the younger generations. I have a daughter who is a millennial, and she is, like, Mm -hmm. completely aware of herself or her environment. She is very involved. And I see that drive, and I wish more people... I know, had that. I wish I had that when I was younger. Even. Mm. Let's go back to what you're doing is you are taking all of that angst and you're putting it into your art. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that process. Mm. Wow. That's something that I've definitely been exploring more. I don't know if people are into astrology, but I'm an Aries moon for those who know astrology. And that's a very fiery sign and the first sign of the zodiac, which means that we come in trailblazing and it's, it, I am a hothead. And I realized that me being a hothead is also not productive and I can't go out and yell at everyone. So say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I found a way early on, which I'm grateful for, is that I can use my passion. I can use that fire and put it into my work, whatever that is, and let that expression live on its own. And filmmaking and being an actor, you want to document yourself. And I think that's something that we as people of color need to start doing is documenting where we are, our families, our history, because it's important. And that fire, that drive just kind of saved me in a way that made me not feel like I'm going insane. Don't get me wrong. I do feel like I'm going insane sometimes. Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately, what do you hope that this film can do? I want to put St. Louis on the map. I want people to see that this place is thriving despite all of these themes of oppression, that this city, these people are so resilient and so passionate about their community. 
putting St. Louis on the map and telling St. Louis's story from St. Louis. Lots of times there are documentaries that people from, you know, no shade, coming in from different cities, New York, all over, to come in when Mike Brown is hitting and come do their documentary work. But I'm from here. It affects me. My family's still here. My nephews are here. I want to raise a family there one day with the possibility. So it's really giving a possibility and an image of like, yes, they're still resilient despite this and see how strong we are. That's what I want people to see. Beautiful. So if you had a magic wand, let's put it into these terms now, because we are all magicians in mm. our own lives. We create the life that we want, right? With limitations as to the circumstances that we are, but if we put our drive into something, we are creators. If you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing that you would change about the situation in St. Louis or elsewhere, say in the country, in the world? Oh, Wow. The magic wand. If I had the magic wand, I would somehow wave like the equality, equal opportunities. Race is a concept that was created by white people. And I think that if we dispel that and see that we're all on the same level, I think that can really, I want to bring in some equality here that like truly we can live and be free and just be. Let's talk about equality for a little bit. What does equality mean to you? What does a, a world that is completely equitable look like to you? Well, one, women and birthing people being able to have choice of their bodies and being left out from men and health insurance. I think that's the biggest thing. People should have the right to health insurance, no matter what your status is economically. And I think that you should be able to have good food, good water. That's still a thing. And good air. I think that just because you live in a not so well community doesn't mean that you should be forgotten about with clean air, good water and good food. As you probably know, one of the goals that I have with this show is to highlight causes. So what is one way that people can, you know, either St. Louis, your work or the things that you care about? I'm just going to plug Action St. Louis. They are a nonprofit that works with the community, helps tackle the themes that we talked about, racism, white supremacy, and they bring money and funding to the youth and keep them engaged in the political realm. But they are actionstlouis.org. You can go and donate to them. And also you can check out my production company, Golden Boy Productions with an I. And you can follow us at Golden Boy PR. And to follow our journey, our things that we're doing in New York City and our documentary. What is the website again, just for clarification? <laughs> ActionStLouis.org. And your own website? www.goldenboy with an I productions.com. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you so very much. Brandon, this is such an amazing, inspiring conversation. It confirms to me that when you want to really do something, all you have to do is take that first step and you start meeting the people, you start connecting all of the little dots that you need. I'm sure that's your experience as well for your own work. To really see the drive and the beautiful intention that you put behind the work that you do is truly inspiring and I appreciate you coming in the show today. I would love to follow along. Please let us know when your film comes out and we'll be watching you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ilya. 
Thank you for listening to One on One with Ilion. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. For more information and inspiration, join us again next week. To catch our latest, you can follow us on all socials at One on One with Ilion. That's it for this episode. See you next time.